Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's good, boys and girls? Welcome to Two Footed Podcast. On Friday, the 12th of February, we are brought to you by EPLindex.com in association with our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider, and if you check out their website, libertyshield.com, you can get a hardware or software package to keep your data safe online or allow you to change your location if you're in the UK and you want to access American Netflix, or if you're outside the UK and want to use Now TV. Uh, LibertyShield.com. Use the code EPLVPN to get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. Right. It's another bad day to be a Liverpool fan because Jurgen Klopp has just given his press conference and uh, and given us more bad injury news. But I'm joined by Guy Drinkle. How are you, sir? Yeah, great. <laughs> you have to laugh or you'll end up crying that's just how it is <laughs> you can't there's no middle ground with Liverpool this year um, yeah it's not an ideal start to the weekend at all but at least it's a nice early game so you can get it out of the way and you can just get home with the rest of your time yeah it can ruin the weekend nice and early it's a grand that's match. it you don't have to, like because it's easier if it just goes ahead and ruins the weekend as opposed to that anxiety that builds up and ruins the weekend anyway. So even if you win on That's a late true. kickoff on a Sunday, your weekend's been spoiled. So at least we'll have something to moan about all weekend. Um, yeah, we've got a full slate of games. We've got 10 games this weekend, uh, starting tomorrow, running through till Monday. Some good games on the on the card, though. Some, some that I am really looking forward to, but I suppose we better start with... Um, with the one neither of us want to really talk about. Yep. And that is Leicester v Liverpool, who... I mean, let's get into it. Leicester seemingly have Vardy back. I haven't seen uh, Rodgers' press conference or anything, but he was on the bench last week, if I remember correctly. And Liverpool... Jota's not playing again this season because he's been two weeks away for about two months now. Fabinho's probably missing the next three games. Uh, Naby is never going to play football again. Uh, actually, that's a lie. He'll probably play for Guinea, then get injured again. Um, yeah. And the rest of the injuries. And I'm I'm guessing we're going to take five minutes here just to whinge a bit because, I mean, let's get your prediction out of the way because Leicester are winning this game and if they don't, Rodgers should be fired. <laughs> So, yeah, Vardy started in midweek in the Cup, and Didi started in midweek in the Cup, so it looks like they're both back, ready to start. Um, Dennis Pryat is out, Fafana is out, Castanier is out, Wes Morgan is out. They knew about all of them. James Justin got hurt during the week. He felt a pop in his knee, apparently. That doesn't sound good. Hopefully it's nothing too serious, because he's been brilliant this season, but he's out, and then Eosley Perez is a doubt. So Leicester... It's not like they're not without their own injuries. They've got injuries, issues at fullback. Fafana being out is a blow, but obviously Sayuncu is back anyway, so Fafana will probably be on the bench. Priet is a squad player. Morgan is really just there at this point as a, a voice in the dressing room. And Perez is not an every-game starter. So James Justin is the only one you'd look at and say, well, he's part of their best eleven. Um, you can make an argument for Fana should be in over Johnny Evans, but Johnny Evans has been the 
the incumbent there. For Liverpool, um, they started the season with four centre-backs, one of whom was a midfielder in Fabinho. All of them are now ruled out. Uh, three of them are ruled out for the season in Matip, Gomez and Van Dijk. Fabinho's out for however long. Like you said, it's unlikely he'll play against Leipzig. And then I would struggle to see him playing against Everton. He clearly wasn't fit against mm-hmm. Man City. He was clearly rushed back, um, which I think goes to show you how little faith Jurgen Klopp has in Nat Phillips and Reese Williams, to be totally honest. Now, Ozan Kabak should start in this game. And I think Ben Davies should start next to him because I just don't think he can play Henderson in, 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 def- in defence anymore. He was atrocious against City, awful against Brighton. He's just not a centre-back. He just can't play there. It's not his fault at all. He just can't play there. Um, Naby Keita, like you said, I'm not sure he even exists anymore. I think we just gave Leipzig £60 million for the crack. And then Jota, who was meant to be back at the same time as Simicus, who came back three weeks ago, uh, is still a couple of weeks away. So if that doesn't doesn't bode well either, he would likely be starting because Firmino has been poor for well over a year now. And you'd imagine that Jota would have, given how he started the season, would have established himself as a at least a semi-regular starter, if not an every-game starter. Um, it's hard to see how Liverpool win this game. It's very hard to see them keeping a clean sheet. Unless Quebec and Davies are actually regens of Costa Curta and Baresi, I just don't see how Liverpool win this game. I'm going to say Leicester win 3-1. Yeah, yeah. I think the only way we win this game is if Mo Salah has another worldie. That, that that's how we beat West Ham. Yeah, or if Sadio Mane remembers that he's Sadio Mane. That's true. And just decides to absolutely torture Johnny Evans, then it could happen. But I mean, Thiago Alcantara apparently hasn't trained most. Oh of yeah, it, I forgot about so that one. He may be out as well. Uh, in which case, if you, if you were to look at the team, Liverpool would still have the better attack if all three are fit, but they're not playing well. But. Leicester have the better midfield. If Fabinho's not in the midfield, it's about even. Mm. And if Thiago's out, Leicester absolutely have the better midfield. Mm-hmm. And Didi, Thielemans and Madison are all tremendous players. Um, and Leicester will have the better defence because Liverpool don't have a defence at the moment. Now, So Mo Salah and Robertson and Alisson get in the team, <laughs> combined team. Pretty much. I mean, like the thing with... like. Trent, I would say, when everybody's at their best, Trent is better than Pereira, but mm. Trent has been poor most of the season. Pereira's missed most of the season, but he has looked decent since coming back. Now, they'll probably probably have to go with either Luke Thomas at left-back or maybe Christian Fuchs. Thomas, I think, is the better option for them because at least he's young and he's quick and he's aggressive. Fuchs is very slow and ponderous at this point. Neither of them is ideal for them to have going up against Salah. Um, Sayonchu is the best defender between the two teams. Quebec is probably second. That would probably be the starting pairing, uh, which likely will end up in Turkey's long-term pairing, um, unless they play a three with Demerol. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're picking a combined 11, Ali's the keeper. You'd give it to Trent based on body of work. Robbo would be in it. Quebec. So, to be fair, we do have the better individual defenders, but their collective unit is probably stronger and in better form than ours right now because Sancho would be the other centre-back. But if if the midfield, if we're missing Fabinho and Thiago from midfield, then the midfield is... Ndidi is the best holding midfielder among them. Thielemans is the best central midfielder among them. And Madison is the best attacking midfielder among them. So you would just put the three Leicester midfielders in. And then in attack, you'd go Salah, Vardy, Mane. Though on current form this season, you'd go Salah, Vardy, Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is it is still very, very even. But in the areas where their guy doesn't get in, I think they're stronger than they are in the air, than in the areas where our guy doesn't get in right now. So 
I think Leicester have the advantage at home. You look at like, look how poor Liverpool's form has been. They've lost three of five, uh, four of seven, four of eight, I think. So it hasn't been a good run since Christmas. You know, the Newcastle game, West Brom, Southampton. It's just all been very, very disappointing and poor. Um, Leicester, not in the best form either, but only one defeat in the last five. Two wins, two draws. At home, Vardy back. You'd have to give Leicester the advantage. Vardy against... It'll either be Henderson and Phillips, in which case he'll destroy them, or Quebec and Davies, who haven't played together, haven't played for Liverpool yet, and neither of them have played in the Premier League before. So you'd still have to fancy Vardy to give them a lot of trouble. So I'm going to go Leicester 3-1. Yeah, I'd I'd agree. I'd agree. Regardless who's at centre-back, I think Vardy would take the mick. (laughs) Mm. Um, Let's move on to Hodgson v Daesh in Crystal (laughs) Palace v Burnley. The game I'm looking forward to most this weekend. Nil-nil? Oh, it smells of a (laughs) nil-nil. Now... Poor old Hodgie. Palace, Palace are currently having a rather horrific spat of injuries. So for this weekend, James McCarthy was ruled out. James McCarthy is a doubt. Connor Wickham's ruled out. Now, he hasn't played all season. Uh, Wilf Zaha is ruled out. Uh, Joel Ward is ruled out. Jeff Schlupp is ruled out. Mamadou Sacco was ruled out. Wayne Hennessy is ruled out. Nathan Ferguson is ruled out. Uh, he hasn't played all season either. And James Tompkins is ruled out. So, like, they're having a tough time with injuries at the moment. And to be fair, they have had for a lot of the season. But most of the players they've had injured haven't been first-choice starters. At the moment, they do have first-choice starters ruled out. McCarthy, Zaha, I think Ward is probably still the first-choice right-back. Sacco's definitely their best centre-back. Ferguson would be the right back if he'd been fit, but again, he's been out all season. And James Tompkins is probably the second best centre back at the club, so it's a little bit difficult for them. Um, Dyche, no, uh, Chris Wood is a doubt. Robbie Brady's a doubt. Jack Cork is back. Nick Pope is is that is uh, back from a knock. Charlie Taylor will have a fitness test, but. I don't know if Dyche will re- will risk him. And then Josh Brownhill should play as well. So they're not going to be at 100%. I don't think it really matters what players either team put out. I, I think this <laughs> is like a preordained nil-nil that they've agreed on years ago when the likes of, you know, Hodgson, Pulis, Warnock, Allardyce, uh, when they held a meeting at their clubhouse and invited Dyche to become the newest indoctrined member, uh, I think the agreement was, you know, a solid nil-nil every time you visit Crystal Palace. Palace have been poor of late, but they did win a couple of games back-to-back. Burnley, no win in the last three, but they have turned things around quite a bit from where they were early in the season. It does just reek of a nil-nil. It's 13th against 17th. Both teams are are going to be fine this year. I I think a point benefits everybody, gets them on the march to uh to forty three points. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That is pretty much it. Um, and we'll move on to the next game, which is probably the biggest on paper for the mm-hmm. weekend. Unless I'm missing anything obvious. No, Man City v Spurs. But I say that Man City's form and Spurs just. Just can't defend at all. So, is this a big game or is this just another Man City step aside, child, you're in my way game? I I think it's both. I think it is a big game because it's it's two big six teams. Spurs beat them earlier in the season, but City are just very, very different now. I mean, they're playing a completely different sport to everybody else. And what they did to Liverpool last weekend was just rude. Um, City won 10, 10 in a row in the Premier League. Uh, 13 in a row in all competitions, or maybe four, 14 in a row in all competitions now after the win over Swansea. Um, and they're doing it in an incredibly efficient way without having to blow teams out of the water. 
the scoring one or two and then just being confident that nobody's going to take the ball off them and if they do, they're not going to score. Spurs, like you say, they'd lost three in a row. They beat West Brom at the weekend, but then they lost to Everton 5-4 in the Cup. A Mourinho team conceding five goals. I think that's only the third time it's ever happened. Um, which, you know, is is quite an impressive achievement for Everton and a more impressive achievement for those Spurs defenders. City will be without De Bruyne. They will be without Aguero and they will be without Nathan Aki. Uh, Fernandinho, Rodri and Ruben Diaz are doubtful. Diaz has a fever. Fernandinho has a thigh problem. And Rodri, it's just, I think, an accumulation of knocks. Now, I assume they'll all play. But if they don't, City still have the depth. The issue could be if Rodri and Fernandinho missed out because then they don't have a natural holding midfielder and they might be forced to play Gundogan in that role and it's not mm. a role that really suits him. And he's been so good this season, especially in the last kind of 12 weeks or so where when he's playing that a little bit more advanced that it would be a shame to move him anywhere. Um, if Aki was fit, you could see him stepping into midfield. I mean, they could play Zinchenko or Canseo there and, and bring in Kyle Walker or Mendy. They have so many options. I mean, if Diaz is out, they'll just bring in Laporte. Without Aguero, they've been fine. Without De Bruyne, they've been... I mean, imagine losing Kevin De Bruyne and just being fine. <laughs> Get <better>. because, <laughs> yeah, because Bernardo Silva's like, oh, look, I'm playing the midfield again. I'm just going to run the show his here. Be- his best season, De Bruyne, was out all season. So yeah. they obviously can't and, play and together. <laughs> that is the concern. Now... Maybe they could play together in the way De Bruyne and David Silva played together, but then there's no spot for Gundogan. Yeah. So un- unless you change to something like a box midfield where you play Gundogan plus Rodri and then the two boys in front, but then do you get as much out of Gundogan, who's also taken his game to a new level with De Bruyne out? I mean, I think the real answer here is that City should sell Kevin De Bruyne uh, to Liverpool for mm-hmm. you know, a packet of crisps and some... For you know, div- some, for si- some signed memorabilia. For um, Divock Origi. Huh? For Divock Origi. and a picture of a European Cup. Yeah. Uh, and a tour. We can give them a tour. We can, they, that's it. There's, there's six of them in there. Yeah. I mean, the six European Cups, they, they won't know what's going on. Um, yeah. I mean, six players out and they're still, the, the squad is still ridiculous. Um Spurs, Lacelso's ruled out long term. Regulon is ruled out for a little while longer. Aurier is a major doubt. He missed the game midweek. And Gareth Bale does is it, also doesn't a doubt. Matter. Now, <laughs> no, it doesn't really, because he's been awful most of the season. He doesn't look like he cares. Um, Mourinho's latest quote on him his desire is to work with the sports science for a couple of days to strengthen the area that he is not feeling comfortable with. I don't think it's an obvious clear injury. Uh, I think his desire is to go and play golf. It's golf elbow then, is it? Yeah, it must be. It must be something like that because he just doesn't look like he cares. He's the only player who rivals Divock Origi for looking like they care less about playing football. Um, it's, it's very hard to see anything other than a City win here, given the form they're in, given the form Spurs are in. City at home... Comfortable city win, three 0 A bit hard to disagree, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it should be an easy easy win for City. I mean, they're all easy wins for City at the moment. I mean, they are, but just Spurs in particular, like the way they played against a terrible Liverpool team. I, if they do that against City, it'll be twelve nil. Um. Uh, next up should be a fun game, or at least on paper. I say that always against Brighton. It always ends up like 1-0 nil or 0-0. Nil, nil. Brighton v Aston Villa. But in Aston Villa, that form has dipped massively since the uh, COVID outbreak mm. type thing. I know they won the last game against Arsenal. But that's Arsenal. That doesn't count. Um, is is what, what do you see this as? Because Brighton have obviously improved, but Aston Villa... Whether their aims were Europa League or just top half, um, probably an opportunity for both teams. Yeah, I think so. 
Um, like you say, Villa have been inconsistent. Three wins and two defeats in their last five. So win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. The Arsenal game, they scored really early and then got outplayed. Um, Arsenal were, were missing a couple of players that were suspended, obviously, after the calamitous display they put in at Wolves. Villa are Villa are just really strange. I mean, Grealish has been poor, I would say, the last three games, but he still has assists in each game. Mm. Um, oh, sorry, he's assists in two of the last three games. And he's due to bounce back, and you would expect that he would because he, he'd been excellent up until that point. Um, but they just have players that can punish you if you make mistakes. Bertrand Traore's pace has made a big difference to them. Mm-hmm. Barkley's back. He's he's scoring goals and making a difference. Uh, Ollie Watkins is back in, among the goals as well. So they're they're potent going forward. Ezri Kahn's is holding that defence together brilliantly. Uh, reports today that uh, United have a shortlist. Manchester United have a shortlist of centre backs they'd like to sign to partner Harry Maguire. And uh, there was four names. Um, Raphael Varane, which is probably a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. Jules Kunde, who will cost $100 million, so probably a pipe dream. Uh, David Carmel, whose leg got mangled, uh, so he's probably out for 10 months, 12 months. He could, uh, God knows, it was a horrendous-looking injury. Yeah, it was horrid. And Tyron Mings. Tyron Mings. One of those things is not the same as the other. <laughs> I hope I don't, it's like, Mings. <laughs> I hope it's Mings. I hope they buy Mings. As a Liverpool fan, I really hope they buy Mings and pay like fifty million for him. I don't know how you could watch Aston Villa play and come away of the opinion that Tyron Mings is their best centre back because the fella playing next to him has been levels above him all season long. Like it's not even close. This is Man United you're speaking of, by the way. True, and they did spend fifty million on Harry Maguire, who eight, you know, eighty million on Harry Maguire, eighty Maguire, eighty million on Maguire, and the fella who replaced Maguire, who'd been sat on the bench, is levels above him. Um, so yeah, I mean, they don't do the smartest things. Brighton were obviously I picked them to finish tenth, but I was on the assumption they'd get a get they'd get a striker in. Um. Their underlying numbers are excellent, and they are those of a top-half team. From a defensive point of view, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league in terms of shots allowed, the XG against, things like that. And from an attacking sense, they just look like a team that should be in the top half. They create a lot of chances. They're just missing somebody to put the ball on the net regularly for them. At home... Brighton are in really good form of late. Um, They've moved themselves from 17th to 15th. They're closing in on Wolves. Three wins from the last five unbeaten in that five. Wins over Spurs and Liverpool. I'm going to say Brighton win this game 2-1. I always always back Brighton when when I'm on with Tadewa. So, yeah, you have to. Um... Oh, we should mention, Tadiwa has a podcast out again. Um, it came out yesterday, I think. Yeah. So, a tad predictable. Make sure you check that out uh, after his shenanigans of deciding not to put any podcasts out for, for a month and just leaving me to carry the load. He's, he's finally decided, you know, that having taken January off, he will now mm. uh, present you with more content. So, he had a pod last week. You were on this week. Are you on this week's as well? Uh, Alex Letizia this week. Alex Letizia. There you go. Um. Yeah, so that's the a tad predictable podcast on the same feed as this one. Uh, so do check that out. Uh, right, let's move on. Yep, and we'll move on to Southampton v Wolves, which I'm sure was in the FA Cup as well yesterday. It was. was it? Yes. Um, and Southampton won two nil, I believe. So can can you see a repeat? I think Southampton finally have. Salisu, who was their Naby Keita for a season. Yeah. And he played really, really well. He was really, really good. Him and Bednarak looked like they played together for a long, long time. I actually think 
if you're looking at the Southampton team that played yesterday, Walker Peters, Bednarak, Salisu, and Bertrand, Ryan Bertrand mm-hmm. might be their best defence moving forward. Um, Armstrong, Ward, Prowse, Romeo, and Jenepo is the first choice midfield, and then they had uh, Red. Redmond in up front for Che Adams next to Danny Ings. So Adams and McCarthy in goal will be the two that would, you know, come back, obviously come back into mm-hmm. that team. Maybe Diallo for Romeo in midfield for the long-term look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they went fairly close to full strength, whereas for Wolves, they rested the goalkeeper, they rested Connor Cody, um, they rested Semedo. They rested Ryan Nuri, although he came on off the bench. They rested all of the front three. They played Morgan Gibbs-White, Fabio Silva, and Vitinha in the front three. So Wolves went with a weaker team um, than Southampton and were beaten fairly comfortably, to be fair. Southampton were by far the better team. Wolves had one shot on target in the whole game. Um I think Wolves will put up a better display of themselves this weekend. Now, from an injury point of view, Saints are... Jankovic is suspended after his tackle against United. Theo Walcott's ruled out. Michael Obafemi's ruled out. And Will Smallbone is ruled out. The, the latter two, you know, they're fringe players. Diallo is a major doubt, unlikely to play. So... He would have been a potential starter. Walcott would have been a potential starter. Um, so not too bad on the injury front for Southampton. Uh, Wolves have had a decent luck this year from injuries, but Raul Jimenez is obviously the obvious uh, absentee. Daniel Pedence still ruled out. Willie Bolly ruled out. And Fernando Marcal ruled out. So Wolves have had a little bit of bad luck injury-wise, um, but not too much other than Jimenez. Uh, and now Pedence for the next while. But I still fancy Wolves to get something here. Southampton has been in really poor form in the league. They've lost five in a row, including that walloping at United. Wolves haven't been great themselves, but they're unbeaten in their last two. and They did get that win over Arsenal. I'll go a draw. I'll go 1-1. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I think... If Southampton recapture the form, they should win it. But mm. but then if Wolves get back to anything like their best, they should win it. I don't think that happens they... without Raul Jimenez. No, neither do I. Although I do like Raul Tomas. I think he's a I think he's a good player. Um, but they'd need Neto and Adama to really step up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I was last year the Adama. Fan club, but there's, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing I've seen this season. So yeah, it, it, it's a strange one. But uh, yeah, it, that that should that should be a fun game, I, I reckon. Um, moving on, then uh, West Brom Man United at uh, Man United win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we look at Big Sam's home record as West Brom manager, uh, lost three nil to Villa. Lost five nil to Leeds, lost four nil to um to Arsenal, um and then drew two all with with Fulham. Uh, so you would expect United to win this game comfortably. United are better away from home than at home. Um, injury wise, United are are in fairly good nick. Phil Jones been out all season, but he wouldn't have played anyway. Eric Bailly is ruled out, or he's not. He's a doubt. He could be available apparently, but. I don't think they'll risk him given how many injuries he's had over the over the last couple of years. Uh, and Paul Pogba is ruled out, but again, they're better without him. He's their best performances this season have come with Paul Pogba uh, sitting on the bench. Um West Brom's only doubt is Grady Diangana, who is back in training, but they're still bringing him along slowly because you know when you're when you're in the bottom three, you can afford to uh, to bring players along slowly. Um, I just don't see how West Brom win this game. They haven't won in their last five. Their last win was that two, uh, 3-2 win at Wolves. United's form hasn't been great across their last five, but they did, obviously, 
beat lumps out of out of Southampton, which was a bit of a a confidence booster. Um, I'm just, yeah, it's it's a United win, I, and I think it'll be a comfortable three or four nil. I, I think Bruno scores. I think Rashford scores. Martial or Cavani, one of them will get a goal. I'll go four nil just because it's Big Sam and he deserves to lose. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I can't. I, I literally can't say anything about that game because I I know Man United have the odd dodgy result, but that's at Old Trafford, so probably not. Um, Arsenal v Leeds, which is a nice game on paper. Um. Arsenal's form's gone to pot a bit recently, hasn't it? Yep. Two losses and a draw. Mm. Um, And Leeds, where's their form? Uh, Win-loss, then two wins. So, yeah, it it should be an interesting game. I mean, you'd probably make an argument for both teams in this, really. Yeah, I mean, Leeds remain the most entertaining team in the league. Every game is just a lot of fun to watch. Um, they are going to be inconsistent. All newly promoted teams are inconsistent, but you know, since they got walloped by United, there's only really the defeat to um to Tottenham, which was a three nil. That's a bad result. Um, although they probably argue that losing to Brighton was a bad result as well. Um, their form has been a lot better of late. The the win over Leicester was really impressive. They Smashed Palace. It it should have been four or five nil. Uh, they had to settle for two nil. Um, going forward, they cause everybody problems. Rafinha is playing incredible football at the minute. Harrison's playing really, really well. Bamford was brilliant against Palace and has been really good most of the season. Uh, like I said to you before, if he was a little bit better at everything, he'd be a really good player. Um, because he doesn't really have a weakness in this game. It's just that he's decent at most things and good at some. If he was good at everything and very good at a couple, he'd be in the England squad because he's he's an all-rounder. He's a good finisher. He leads the line well. He's got good pace, works really hard, holds the ball up. He's a very good passer. He's a very underrated passer. And he's proven... And so many people, including myself, wrong. I didn't think he'd, he'd get enough goals in the Premier League to lead the line for Leeds, but he's been tremendous. Um, Arsenal, as you said, they've been they've been un, they've been unlucky, is what they've been in the last couple of games. I mean, they drew with United nil nil. That was a game United just came for a draw. United came parked the bus, and Arsenal were happy enough to take the point. The Wolves game, they would have won if David Luiz doesn't get sent off. Mm. They were absolutely dominating Wolves. They were playing really, really well. They gave up one opportunity. It is a penalty because there is contact, but it's never a red card. And then it just leads to chaos in the second half. Matinho scores that worldie. And then Bernard Leno does a very, very stupid thing. Um, They outplayed, outplayed Aston Villa. And again, they were just a little bit unfortunate. So... I think you'd still say they're playing well, that just the results haven't gone their way in the last two. So it's two teams that are playing good football, two teams that want to attack. Leeds will play in a much higher tempo. It'll be interesting to see how Arsenal's defence copes with being pressed to that extent because they have struggled against the likes of Liverpool who have pressed them heavily at the back in the past. I think Southampton beat them earlier this season as well, didn't they? Uh, yeah, no, they drew. They drew 1-0. But Southampton caused him a lot of problems. That was the game where um, Gabriel got sent off. It's funny, for years, these teams met and just kicked the living daylights out of each other. You go back and look at the 60s and 70s when Don Revy was Leeds manager. These teams kicked lumps out of each other. Then Leeds got relegated and the rivalry sort of went away for most of the 80s. And then they came back up, and through the 90s and the early 2000s, they just kicked lumps out of each other again. Um, there's obviously some history there with George Graham, was a great Arsenal manager, was then a, a good manager for Leeds. David O'Leary, the all-time record appearance holder for 
Arsenal became uh, Leeds manager and took them to the semi-finals of the Champions League. So there's there's something that connects the two clubs uh, apart from kicking lumps out of each other for for decades. Um, but now they're both two good footballing sides. I think this will be more a footballing match than a fight. I'm going to say Arsenal win because they're at home. But I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. I'm going to say 3-2 to Arsenal. Yeah, you could see anything in this one, really. I mean, the only thing I would say, with Thomas Partey out, Arsenal could be a little bit weak in midfield. Tierney's out as well. So that's two big blows. But it's just, it's Leeds. The injuries they have at the moment is just, is a little bit cruel. Like, Robin Cock ruled out. Uh, Paveda Campo moved, ruled out. Forshaw's been out all season, as is Berardi. But Rodrigo's ruled out. Diego Oriente, who just hasn't been able to be fit for them this season. He's like Salisu. Um, and then there's doubts over Calvin Phillips and Pablo Hernandez. So even with Arsenal having two key injuries, the volume of Leeds injuries has just got to be taking a toll because they play such an incredibly high-tempo game. To have eight players unavailable is just putting in an awful tax on the players that are available. And even if they're not mm. like really long-term injuries, like say a Van Dyke, someone missing for Leeds for a month is is massive because someone else has to play every single game. And at the way Bielsa makes them play, that's just going to cause more injuries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you say, I mean. Liverpool centre back issues are well known. I mean, Leeds is probably equally as bad, if not worse. It's what they've had to rely on Liam Cooper and Pascal Stryker, is his name, recently, who's done well, but it, it's not what they planned when they spent, what, the 30 odd million centre backs in the, in the summer. Mm. That's the thing, like, they bought two new starting centre backs. The two of them, they, I don't think they've been on the pitch together at the same time this year. Mm. And, I mean, Lorienti has barely played this season. I think he might have played twice. Yeah, I think so. Or three times, and he went off twice in those games. So, it, it's not ideal. And, and obviously, Robin Cock had just sort of started to settle and show his, show his quality. And then he gets ruled out for three or four months. So, yeah, I mean, it is difficult for them. But Cooper's done okay of late. I do quite like that Pascal strike. I think he he looks a decent player. Um, he played against us on the opening day of the season as well, and mm. was and was good. So I think I think they're doing okay at patching it together. They've been able to play Luke Ayling there at times. Calvin Phillips could drop in if needed. He played there a few times in the championship for them, but then they miss him in midfield, and it just causes more problems. I still I think Arsenal win the game. I, I think Arsenal win this game. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, the last game on the Sunday, Everton v Fulham. Um, Everton coming off the back of that FA Cup win we mentioned uh, earlier on. Uh, what format Everton in? Draw, win, loss, draw, win. So a bit of mixed form for, for Everton, that, as usual, really. Um, but they do look to have got some of their attacking talents better in better form, but Mm. I mentioned this. I mentioned this with today on last on last week's uh, a tad predictable. Richarlison's having a bad output season, and it's really gone unnoticed. I think he scored two goals in the Premier League. Yeah, it has gone largely unnoticed. Uh, he got two against Spurs in the cup, and maybe that will spark him back into life. But from a Premier League standpoint, you would be very disappointed with with that attacking return. Now, his general play has been quite good, but. He's in the team to add goals because they have creators in Dina and James and Gomes if he's in the team or Sigurdsson. They only have one goal scorer in Calvert-Lewin. They need him to be that second goal scorer. Now, luckily for him, Calvert-Lewin's had a very good season. He did have that extended run where he, he didn't score, but he was brilliant at the start of the season in terms of his goal output. He's back among the goals of late. Um, he's lethal from three yards. Absolutely, he might be the best striker I've ever seen from three yards, other than like Gary Lineker and Pete Wenzagi. Dirk Kite zero oh, well, yard hat trick. 
<laughs> I wonder how long it took Luis Suarez to forgive him for stealing that goal. <laughs> it was worth, it was worth it for the worst hat trick in football history. Um, you'd have to fancy Everton in this game. You just would because Fulham don't win football matches. I mean, they haven't won since November. Yeah. Um. They do have three draws out of their last five, and they've become harder to beat. That defence is playing well. The goalkeeper is very good. Zambo and, and Lamina or Zambo and, and Reed have been solid in midfield. Luckman has been trying to carry the attack by himself, and unfortunately he's getting very little support. Um, you know, I mean, Ivan Cavaliero, if, if his finishing was as good as the rest of his play, he'd be a top 10 player in the league. Because everything else he does just is brilliant. And then he gets in front of goal and just makes an absolute hames of things. Uh, Mitrovic has been a big disappointment this season. They did bring in Josh Maja, and I wonder if he might start this game. Lost his um, cheek, doesn't I know he's had a lot of injuries, but he doesn't seem the same player probably we saw at Palace. That's no, probably, it doesn't. Did mm. the Achilles injury, I think, yeah. really hampered him. Like, like you say, when he was at Palace uh, on that loan spell, he was... Mm. establishing himself in the England squad. He's linked with us, wasn't he? And he was heavily linked with Liverpool and, and a couple of other moves. Um, but that Achilles injury does just seem to have taken something. Now, look, I've spoken to people about that injury um, and they say like it can be two years. The year, basically, that it would normally take to fully rehab. Now, he came back quicker than that. But they said two years, basically. If you're going to get back to your previous level, it will take two years. Um, so maybe you give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. But yeah, he has been a bit of a disappointment for them this season. There's flashes of brilliance. Mm. But he doesn't seem to have that kind of drive that he had, that power he had. And it, it is, it's hampering them a little bit because they're still trying to play him and get him into form. And like I say, there's, there are games where he does look really good and then he'll be just really poor for the next couple. Um, as I said, Everton a bit of a mixed bag in terms of recent form. But I think that draw at Old Trafford will, will boost their confidence. Um, and they'll know that a win here puts them level on points with Liverpool. And they'll have a game in hand. Now, that's assuming Liverpool don't get anything from the Leicester game. Safe assumption. But, like, we still have a couple of games to do uh, to, for tomorrow. And if the results go as I'm predicting them, Liverpool will finish the weekend in sixth, uh, level on points with Everton. Uh, and Everton will have a game in hand, which is not an ideal scenario. But I think Everton are going to win this game quite comfortably. I, I'll say 3-1, because I think Luckman will cause them some problems defensively. But... I think Everton win three one. Yeah, I think it'll be comfortable enough. Um, they're not they're not really missing. Alan is out, but he's been out for a while now. Other than him, everybody else is pretty much slated to play. Pickford has an has a knock. Hamas has a knock. Luca Dini has a knock, and Calvert Lewin's the one that's kind of got an actual injury. But I I think he'll probably still play. Um. He played during the week and he was fine. So, yeah, I, I just can't see how Fulham, Fulham beat them. I, they don't beat anybody. Tom Kearney's out and Conglo's out. Those aren't players who'd play anyway, even at full strength. I just don't see Fulham being able to beat Everton. Yeah, and as we said, they have the talent to stay up, but they're running out of time. And mm. Yeah. I don't know why they haven't made the change yet, a manager. Mm. I really don't. I don't know why Scott Parker is still in charge. All I can think of is if they're trying to do a Sean Dyche and bring him, let them bring him back up, but haven't they already done that? <laughs> and then plus they lose. Like, think about this this current team, right? Ola Ene on loan, not mm. keeping him if you go down. Uh, Jokey Anderson. On loan, not keeping if you go down. Ariola on loan, not keeping if you go down. There's no way Zambo's going down to the championship. No. Uh, I think Lamina is on loan. Luckman's on loan. Madge is on loan. Loftus Cheek is on loan. 
that's an awful lot of players to lose. You could only see Madger out of that lot possibly staying, really. That's the thing, because he'll be the cheapest of the group. Mm. I, I don't, I really don't think Luckman. I, I mean, think Luckman he's, done, he's done enough for a Premier League move. I think, he has, Luckman. that's the thing. He's done enough for a Premier League move. They, like, cause, uh, they could afford probably to keep Luckman. Because I think it's 15 million is the, is the agreed fee mm. if they stay up. Well, Palace but, or Burnley could do something like that. Yeah, he'd be a lovely fit at Palace. A really good fit at Palace. Um, he's too he's too fancy for Burnley. Um, <laughs> but again, like a newly promoted side could look at him as well if if you know if, if they wanted Nor- a, Norwich a, or something. Like that. Norwich, Brentford, uh, they could look if they, if they wanted to bring in a really talented attacker who'd fit into how they play and with the pieces they have. Luckman would be a good fit there. I think he'd be not a starter, but a really good squad addition for like a West Ham. He'd be I think he'd start for Brighton to be honest. Yeah. Um I think he'd start for Southampton. Leeds maybe, that'd be good. He'd be a good fit for Leeds. And Leeds could do with one more in attack. Um I think he'd be a good squad option for the likes of Leicester. He'd be a, I think <laughs> Everton owned him yeah. and let him go. Well, they've got Josh King now, who's just his older brother, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, just a, just a lesser version. I, like, if Everton had kept him, he would be starting for Everton on the right wing, Hamas as the 10, Richarlison on the left, and Calvert-Loon up front, and they'd be a lot more potent. But um, they made a, a silly, silly decision. Um, yeah, Everton win this game, and, and Fulham... Are going to have to make a change soon. Yeah, it's it's probably too late now. I do. Let's be honest. But uh, just to depress you more, Dave, you mentioned Liverpool probably being sixth. As you brought it up, would you rather finish sixth or ninth? Get out the Europa League or? Oh, I'd rather finish ninth. I'd rather miss the Europa League entirely. Yeah. Um, I can't abide the format. <laughs> it is too many games. Thursday nights are horrible nights to play football. Um, no, it, it, I would rather miss the. I would rather miss Europe entirely than. Oh, the, we have to ignore the. Oh, we have the conference thing, don't we? Is that eighth? I don't I know how that eighth. works. I think that's that could be seventh and eighth. Oh. So yeah, I mean, maybe you go into that just because you'd probably be playing against a bunch of really bad teams, so you could probably win it. Um, but what do you get for winning it? A place in the Europa League? Oh God. No. You know, <laughs> here's your reward. It's punishment. Uh, that's a game. That's a game for Nico Williams and Jim yeah, Miller. That's, that's where you play Nico, Nat, Reese Williams. Um, you, you don't even play Simicus. You that, can bring is, that is why we them. bought Ben Davies. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be the best defender in the, the European <laughs> Conference. Yeah. Um, oh God. Hey, I mean, Origi, fir- Origi, Origi might be worth keeping at that point. No, no, he's not. <laughs> Hey, we could be the uh, first winners of the European Conference, captain, yeah. captain by Nico Williams. Oh, Imagine if just... we we get to the final with a like C team and then just bring in the big lads next season. Oh yeah, just bring in everybody <laughs> just to play Ludigorette or something. Uh, right, uh, distraction over. Um, on to Monday, West Ham against Sheffield United, and as I was just looking at my fantasy Premier League. Antonio is 75% chance of playing, so that's probably the main talking point from this game. Yeah, I mean, he, he's the main talking point for them all the time. That's true. The issue, they, the issue they have this weekend, Balbuena is a doubt, and Issa Diop is a doubt, and Ogbonna looks very unlikely to play. So they may have a problem at centre-back. We may well see Declan Rice have to play centre-back alongside Craig Dawson. Um, which will mean Mark Noble in midfield, which isn't ideal at all. Um, Yarmolenko has a um, has a knee issue. He may be ruled out. Masawaka is ruled out. Darren Randolph has had a knock for about three months now. And um, Antonio then, like you said, they, they think he'll be fine. But if he's not, it, where do the goals come from? I mean, Jared Bowen will get you goals, but Ben Rama and Fornals need to up their output a little bit. Despite the fact they've been really good in terms of creation, they will need to up their output. Maybe Jesse Lingard continues to be the hero for Moisey. Mm. Uh, maybe, maybe plays the false nine or something. 
Um, the Blades, Sanderberg is still out. Baldock is a doubt. Ender Stevens has an, has an issue but should be fine. Jack Robinson ruled out. That's not a loss. He's been terrible since they, they signed him. And Jack O'Connell, unfortunately, uh, probably out for the season. Um, they've missed him massively. West Brom, no, sorry, not West Brom, Sheffield United, they've won two of their last five. Um, and they've won six games this year um, since, you know, the going on their little cup run. Because they've built some confidence. They've won three in the FA Cup, three in the Premier League. West Ham had a really good run, lost to Liverpool, and then went back to, to good form, winning the draw the last two. But if Antonio's not 100%, and they don't have a proper centre-back pairing, and maybe they're forced to stick Rice there, which means they lose him from midfield, I could see Sheffield United scraping a point here. Now, it is at West Ham, so that'll be tough. I'll err on the side of West Ham of have better players, and I'll go for a 2-1 West Ham win. But a draw wouldn't surprise me. And Sheffield United did beat Man United recently. Mm. Away. So, you know, they've shown they can go to a substantially better team and win. Um... I mean, but they I, have I, improved massively. Well, they have, they have. But I've, I've doubted West Ham enough this season. <laughs> That's true, and I'm not falling into that trap again. So I'm going to go with a two-one West Ham win. If Antonio plays, do, do West Ham just win? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know how Sheffield United can stop him because he's just so unusual and so difficult to play against. Mm. Right. I'll, I'll ask you this then: out of the bottom three. Who's most likely to finish 18th? Hmm. I'd say Sheffield United. I think it's between them and Fulham. I think West Brom are going to finish nailed to the bottom. It looks that way. Their their form has been terrible. Their defence is a joke. Big Sam doesn't he doesn't seem all that enthused by, you know, the situation. I reckon he walks in like late April if they're just before they're relegated. Yeah, pretty much. Like if they need to to win their next game to have any mathematical chance, I think he'll probably walk. Um because he's not going to get his big bonus for keeping them up. Um I think they finish bottom. I mean Fulham have by far the better squad, but Sheffield United have by far the better manager. And they have I think a bit more desire about them. Hilariously, they've won more games than Fulham this year. Mm. Fulham have drawn nine. And the only teams in the league who've drawn more games than Fulham, the only team in the league who's drawn more games than Fulham, is Brighton. Mm. Nobody else has drawn more than seven. They've got nine. Brighton have ten. They're drawing their way back into the championship. Um, I'll give Fulham I'll say Fulham because I'm still holding out hope that they change manager they are 8 points behind they're 8 points behind Burnley but I mean this season is bizarre and look how quickly Sheffield United went from 2 points to 11 points you know, you win a couple of games, results go your way. Like, Newcastle didn't win a game for a couple of months. They lost a bunch in a row. We see Southampton lose five in a row. There's no reason Newcastle can't go on another bad run. That's true, but or, they're still 14 or, points behind Newcastle. Oh, no, I agree, I agree. <laughs> but I still think... No, they're, they're 10 points behind Newcastle now. Oh, I'm on, sorry, I was on about Sheffield. Oh, Sheffield United, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, but like... Say if Newcastle were to lose three, you know, lose mm-hmm. say four out of five and draw the other one, and Fulham could somehow pick up nine or ten points, all of a sudden there'd only be a point or two between them, and then it's anybody's luck. You know, it, it could come down to 
you know, a dodgy decision. Who knows? I think Fulham should have enough to not finish lower than 18th. Mm. But not if if Parker stays, I think you're right. I think it'll be Sheffield United in 18th, um, which they can take as a little win going down. They can take that as a little win in that mini league of the bottom three. Mm. And they'll have had their cup run. And hopefully then when they go down, they've got enough confidence to, you know, turn things around and come back up. As I said to you before, if you look at their squad, the only one they're likely to lose is Sander Berger. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Lundstrom is going to probably leave on a free, though he may end up staying because there may not be a big market for him this summer because a lot of clubs aren't going to be willing to pay him a big wage because they're mm. all trying to save every penny. Now, the fact that he's on a free, I mean, you could see Crystal Palace offering him a decent wedge. He is the type of midfielder that they need, a box-to-box, dynamic-type player. Um, you could see Newcastle going from because they love a free a free transfer. He'd be a really good fit with Burnley. Um, so maybe he will get some offers, but... It is still possible he could stay with Sheffield United. One of the promoted teams might want him either. Mm. But Sanderberg is the only one that someone I think will come in and buy because, I mean, like look at the other big money signings. No one's going to want to buy Ramsdale. No <laughs> one's going to want to buy Brewster. Um, it I, might I be good say, to go down. The signings are bad, as you say. But Bruce, yeah, they can, Brewster, Brewster in the and, championship. And, he'll score goals and Ramsdale could rebuild his confidence. And maybe if Ramsdale gets out of the habit of playing for a team that's always losing and always at the bottom of the league and always like allowing a lot of shots and gets to play for a team that's good, mm. that could really turn things around for him. I'm sure we've said that like again about Jack Butland and others. <laughs> so he might, might just pile but- on him. The thing with Butland is he just never recovered from that injury. Like, mm. Butland was really good until he had that ankle injury and they botched the surgery the first time and he had to have it redone. And he missed, like, a fu- like pretty much a full year. Um, he's just never recovered from that. But I-, I do think you're right. I think going down could actually help Sheffield United in the long term in terms of getting those players, you know, back up to speed. And they'll get a good fee for Sander, Ber- Sander Berger. So, I mean, look, he's missed... Two months already. I think he's due to be be out for the for, for another two. So maybe there's not a whole bunch of interest in him in a, a COVID pinched market. So maybe mm. they keep him as well. If they go down with him, he will be the best player in the championship. And we've seen clubs be able to keep players that are far too good for the championship. I mean, David Brooks at Bournemouth, far too good. Uh, Buendia and Cantwell and Aaron's at Norwich, far too good. So Sarah maybe they, yeah, Ishmael Asar. I mean, levels above the the the, the championship late league. Um, maybe they could keep him. They've got decently wealthy owners. Yeah, I mean, maybe they can keep him. If they can, you'd have to make them one of the favourites to come straight back up. You probably do anyway, because there's not going to be much event, if any, turnover there. And we've seen with Norwich, they lost a left back. And now they lost top of the league pretty comfortably. Yeah, um, I think they're second at the moment. I think I Brentford. Um, um, but Brentford, if Brentford don't come up this year, they'll lose Ivan Tony. But they've found ways to just replace strikers brilliantly true. over the last few years. Um, Whoever's best in League One, you go to Brentford. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, yeah, Brentford have done a great job there. Uh, I'm actually really hoping it is Brentford that come up because they would be the 50th team to play in the Premier League. And uh, I think they'd be quite interesting. To, Brentford, uh, Norwich, Bournemouth would be nice because two nice teams to play football and Bournemouth buy all our bad players. Yeah, but without Eddie Howe there, they might not do that anymore. So well, they we don't might have be a manager. Let's dream. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Maybe just take advantage of that. Um Eddie Howe to Crystal Palace and Bournemouth back in. We might have two targets to sell our bad That's players. true. That's true. Um, Origi, you're going to London. So. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy Crystal Palace. Ben Teke is there. Keep him company. Oh, God. 
That's Belgium starting over, starting strike force at the next Euros. Um, we have gone off track, but we always do. But at least it's not an hour and a half. And we had. Did you give a prediction? It was two. It was two one West Ham. Two one West Ham. Yeah. yeah. Um, last game then is Chelsea v Newcastle. Um, again, a couple more games since we've last spoke for Chelsea. Have you seen further improvement under Tuchel? They look like a more cohesive team. They're playing better football. There's a real game plan. There's a defensive structure. They're not overly impressive um, as yet. Their league wins have been a little bit fortunate. Um, They beat Sheffield United, but they needed a penalty to do that. United... You could argue maybe deserved a draw. They needed the penalty to beat Spurs. Eric Dyer did a very stupid thing. A draw would have been the fair result there. They did beat Burnley, um, but they should beat Burnley. They got a nil-nil draw with Wolves. They were not good against Barnsley mm. in the cup during the week, and they didn't. <laughs> me, me predicting that they'd play Werner and Havertz, and neither of them were even in the squad. <laughs> Well, we yeah. know Tuchel is a Klopp student, isn't he? It is a yeah. domestic cup. So, yeah, they they rotated heavily for the FA Cup. Uh, didn't play well, but they are sticking with the back three. So, you know, it looks like that's what they'll what they'll keep playing with. Um, this weekend they are without Thiago Silva. Timo Werner's due back. Andreas Christensen, he should be fine. Um, Kai Havertz is, is the only doubt they have, other than you know, the, the ruled out Thiago Silva. So they should be they should be at fairly full strength. Um, the tune had some bad news during the week. Callum Wilson looks like he could be out for six to eight weeks. Uh, which is a huge blow because he has been their main source of goals. Uh, Cousin Jeff is suspended. Jamal Lachelle's is a doubt. Kieran Clark is back, though, so at least that's um, that's good. He's, he was off on paternity leave for a while. Federico Fernandez is a doubt. Javi Minkia was ruled out. And Fabian Schaar is ruled out. So just what you want when you're going up against a team with lots of really good attackers is to have no centre-backs. Um, and that is kind of where Newcastle find themselves. And then to not have Callum Wilson makes it very, very tough to see how they will score a goal. I'm going to say that this is the game where Chelsea do impress us and do score a bunch of goals. I, I'll say Chelsea 3-0. You can't see Joel Linton having a madness then? <laughs> um, unless, he, <laughs> unless by madness you mean he just goes around and kicks everybody and gets sent off. I don't see him scoring. No. And if he does, he'd only score once. Now they have look, what 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 they could do is they could play St. Maximum as like a false a false nine. And Almiron um and Ryan Fraser are up with him. But they've a been playing a diamond. Dave, a false nine and a Steve Bruce team is left wing back. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All the all the attacking players all shunted to the left hand side of the field and everything else left wide open. I think I think this is a, a game that Chelsea will win comfortably. And if predictions go as I have said, and in all likelihood they won't because I'm, I'm terrible at this, um, I think we'll see Chelsea finish the weekend in fourth, which, I mean, not ideal for, for Liverpool fans, but for Chelsea, it will... You know, it will vindicate the the the, the decision to uh, to sack Frank and, and bring in a real manager because they were mid table and falling when Frank was sacked, mm. and and Tuchel has turned things around really really well. Um, they finally won a game against an, another top half team, so that's Spurs and West Ham. They've beaten uh, from the top half, and bottom half fodder is is who they beat. To, to carry on so yeah I mean they'll they'll win this game comfortably barring some sort of disaster on their half because I 
if Newcastle win, it will be because things went badly wrong for Chelsea. It won't be because Newcastle were particularly good. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Uh, and that was the last game, I believe. Yes, it was. Two it was indeed. Days. That is it. So that's us for the week. Um, we will be back Monday, as always, uh, to have a look back on these games and any other news that breaks from the weekend. The last thing I just want to touch on is the uh, the recent outbreak of dreadful behaviour from people on social media and the uh, the racism that we've seen. It's just... Just try and be better, folks. And if you see it happening, report it. Preemptively block the person because you never want to have any interaction with them, but report them as well. And make Twitter and Instagram and whoever else hold them accountable. Make them ban these people permanently because... There's just just no place for it. We've seen it with Tunzebi. Jan Danda was was subject to it uh, this week uh, after the FA Cup game with with City. Um, There's just Martial has had has had it. It's just it's absolutely horrendous, and uh, we can all do more and we can all be better. So that's it. Be better. See you Monday. Bye bye. Podcast Network.